0: Hey, hey, and welcome back to the 14th episode that will conclude our 14-day launch of The Emma Clayton Show. From here on in, we are going to a two episodes a week, released on a Tuesday and a Thursday. You can expect one conversation a week and one solo episode with me. Today's episode is with the wonderful Joe Riches. So as always, grab a cuppa, sit back and enjoy the show. Alrighty, so I have Joe with me. Hey, Joe. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so super excited that you're in the show. So welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe and I met. Um, we were just working it out. It was back in 2019 when we were part of a mastermind with Lulu Mins and so we had uh, met on our group mastermind calls and kind of hit it off. I think we'd had a, probably a couple of accountability calls as well. Um, offline, and then we had yeah. a get together uh, with Lulu and the masterminders in the October of 2019 down in Devon, in this amazing um, studio. What was it called? Candyland Studio. Because yeah, yeah. you've been back since, haven't you? Um, and we just had an amazing three nights, four days, um, just like talking everything business personal development, all that kind of stuff, and um, kind of been friends ever since and just keeping in touch. I'm super excited that you're here because you've done some amazing, exciting things. Um, Why don't you tell us, introduce yourself and your business, what you do, and we'll go from there.
1: Okay, yeah, well Emma, first of all, thank you for inviting me today. It's lovely to be here and yeah, Yeah. it's been so great to, to, you know, be on a similar journey to you and be here today. So, uh, yeah, I'm Jo Richards. I've coached and now a yoga teacher. And I coach women and some men as well. And I'm passionate about inspiring them to lead with confidence, to stand tall in bare feet, and to totally own their space. And I've been life coaching as a full time business. Since the end of twenty, where are we now? Twenty nineteen. So just before we went into the year that was twenty twenty lockdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. I decided to set a set up a brand new business mm-hmm. of life coaching and and now yoga teaching. So it's been an interesting year to say the yeah. least. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And so tell us about your career before that and like what has led you to doing what you do now? Because we usually have a story, right, when we're in this helping industry. Mm-hmm. We normally have a story behind why we're doing it and why we're helping with those specific things. So fill us in, take us back, tell us all the things.
1: Okay. well, it's quite a long way back, isn't it? Because you know, I'm sort of golden age of 50 now. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember all the way back it takes a bit of uh, effort. <laughs> My background is, um, I come from IT background. So I describe myself as an IT professional. I uh, started out doing application support, like you know, sort of frontline service desk and training and then had a career that led me through um, sort of service management, project management, business engagement and into leadership roles within that environment. Uh, and then I went into business change after that. And then, and I worked for a company called Nuffield for quite a long time. So I've got a, a long time background in health and wellbeing, which I mean, I'm, this I'm really passionate about as well. And then at the end of 2015, I got made redundant and, that came as quite a big shock because I'd been with the company for about eight years and it's almost like a home, a family. So all of a sudden you're like in that space, and okay, what am I going to do? And you know, lots of life changes had happened and fundamental events in my life around that as well. And so I had the opportunity, I went volunteering for a while overseas uh, for a few weeks. And then when I came back, um, you know, that that's saying people come to your life for a reason. I was approached by a a guy called Stan who I'd worked with at Nuffield who was in Belgium at the time and he said do you want to come and work with us on a contract and I thought well why not and so I then started my own limited company and worked as an IT consultant uh, on a number of contracts uh, right up until uh, the point where I decided to do the life coaching and the reason I chose to go into life coaching is that throughout my career I've been very much people focused. So rather than being technical, I've been much more on the people side, service management, um, business, partnering, et cetera. And for me, what I've always loved throughout all my career is helping others to be the very best of themselves. So what what I enjoy most is supporting other people to find what they already have within them and really bring that to the surface. And for me, coaching is a natural place to be able to empower people to to be able to do exactly that.
0: Mm. I love that and how like it's just reminded me how similar our journeys are as well right so that many years in corporate we were both made Mm -hmm. redundant we both went on to do this kind of work we were both in people leadership kind of roles Mm -hmm. um so that was that's quite nice to hear that story and to like resonate so much it's no wonder we get on right um (laughs) so So you help people stand tall. I love this, stand tall and own their space. Mm. Was there ever a time in your work and your experience in the IT industry, like being such a male dominated industry as well, right? Was there a time when you didn't feel like you were standing as tall as you could have been or owning your space?
1: Absolutely. And I think that's what I bring with me, um, you know, as part of, you know, as a coach you need to have life experience, you know, really to be able to support other people. Um, and for me, yeah, I've had, you know, so I can think back on several times within my career where, you know, I lost my voice, lost my confidence. Um, especially as a woman in an IT environment, I've experienced for myself, and I've seen it in others. Opportunities where you get overlooked, mm. or you get sort of pushed to one side. Because you aren't, you know, you, you're not as strong as a man in perhaps saying, you know, here I am, this is what I can do. And in the times when I have spoken up um, from a place of passion and absolute care about, you know, the environment I was in, the people I worked with, I've actually been even labelled as a troublemaker
0: wow.
1: for doing that. I know you've know, seen it myself, but as a man, you don't get labelled as a troublemaker, you get labelled as um, forthright or, you know, sort of confident and assertive. But yeah, I, I I do find that women are quite often misunderstood for behaving in exactly the same way as their counterparts. Um, mm-hmm.
0: in, in one. So yeah, that's... yeah. And what what support did you have at the time? Because did you have a Joe for okay. you um, to help identify those um, kind of challenges, or like how does someone that's there right now recognise that that's what's going on for them and that there is help and support? Yeah, so I, I'll, I can relate it to a couple of things. So from a work perspective,
1: some of the most prominent people I've worked with have been, as you called it, those, those Joes. So, you know, I think um, one of my all time aspirational leaders is a lady called Claire Meyer, um, who really taught me to believe in myself, to be a strong leader. Um, and I gained so much from from working with her. Um, so it's it's women like that that are your role models that Mm. you aspire to continue to you know to be like and and lead through in your own life so on a work front yeah she's the one that always comes to mind first and then on a personal level what really happens is and I think this is where I you know when I'm working with clients is I know what it likes to get to the point where you get completely lost Mm. lost within your as to who you are where you are in a relationship where you are in, in a work environment and how you almost have to get to that point that you know there's nowhere further you can go before you then jump you know sort of spring forward again mm-hmm. and in those moments that it's sometimes the hardest thing to do but the right thing to do is ask for help whether it be a counsellor a coach you know another confident I mean I, f- I found certainly in the last, last few years that the strength of women mm-hmm. in a way that I know guys before um that you know have a a group of women that are really supportive is an amazing thing but yeah I think when you know you're not happy you know you're not where you want to be actually asking for help is, is is the right thing to do and and it has such an incredible effect on on
0: your life and where you go from there yeah totally and like that moment that you got made redundant like what did that do to your your confidence, your self-esteem? You said, I know you said you've had some things going on at the time that kind of pulled you out of it, but like because this is a common occurrence at the moment, right? especially with the with the current situation in the way it is, uh, more and more people are perhaps being faced with redundancy. And, um can you remember how it felt? And because I can. Um, and and what I guess, what the shift was for you in terms of how you chose to look at things and the opportunity? So I knew it was
1: coming. I'd, If, if I'm honest, it came at a point where it was probably the right time to be leaving the mm-hmm. company anyway. And I'd already stepped out of a much more toxic space within that environment about a year before. So I'd chosen to move out into a different role and then unfortunately the project we were working on, the company decided they weren't gonna invest it in it anymore. So the writing was on the wall at that point. And for me it was a really pivotal. And so I got I found out I was gonna get made redundant in the October and we lost um, my mum a month before. At, you know she'd, she'd suddenly been ill again and yeah she, we lost her at very short notice so it was that, that almost that moment that life was presenting me with some big significant changes mm. all at the same time and what I saw was that actually that life it was time for life to change for me and I suppose you know anyone who's lost a parent knows that it, it makes you question things and think about okay well what do I really want to do with my life So actually, they were two very significant events in a very short space Mm. of time that helped me then to go on a a very different
0: journey. Yeah, and and I can imagine for some people that would have been devastating to the point that you know perhaps they wouldn't have recovered from it, at least not in that moment. And I mean, the culmination of potentially like bad news, right? So they're they're huge life changing. Things and some people may have struggled to come out of it. So, what do you think it was inside you that allowed you to grasp the opportunity and say, "No, nah, it's going to be change for the better"?
1: Yeah,
0: um, probably just
1: can kind of like almost an element, if I'm honest, of just carrying on regardless. So not taking time to actually stop and think too much about it. And, you know, what I've learned is that things like grief will always catch up with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in terms of the redundancy, what I chose to do is, you know, the first thing I did was go away and I did an overseas volunteering thing for four weeks in in Nepal in Asia. And for me to see life in a very different country that is so far removed from what we have, was a real opener for me. There's a, a resilience in people that you see when you go and step into a completely different world. So there was that. I think also the spirit of my mum herself, I mean, she was an incredibly strong woman. I'd seen her being, you know a few years before she died. She was very seriously ill. And we, we still, to this day, when we talk about it, can't believe she actually recovered and then went on to live for a few more years. But her resilience, I think, is something that's, you know, at the core of me and you know a few other life you know coming out of a long-term relationship as well and stepping forward from a space of being very certain about life and not certain what's what's next i think all those things are things that help you to be strong in those moments when you need it i do a lot with clients is I work on things called timelines. I'm sure you've done as well, Emma. Um, When people get stuck and they lose their way and they're not really sure how to move forward, working on a timeline, whether that's personal timeline, career timeline, and going back over what you've done to get to where you are is an incredibly powerful way to find how resilient you are, how strong you are, and how
0: you bounce back from these things. Mm. Yeah, well, as you know, I'm a big fan of the inner... Game as I call it, um, of confidence, of like discovering yourself and um, growing that power from like the inside out. So I'd love to know, like some of the like so you just mentioned timeline um work there. So what are some of your go-to like non-negotiable inner game tools? Uh,
1: nature, mm. you know, and I say that because I'm looking out the window at the moment and the sun shining and I can see a seagull in the sky. And um, for me, nature is the, the real tool that is just always there for you. It's you know, so incredibly powerful to think how nature, whatever happens will continue. You know, I live very, I'm i very lucky to live very close to the sea and you can go out on any one day and the beach never looks the same, the sea never looks the same. So for me, that, that tool that comes first and foremost is always just having that moment to be with nature, be outside um who's incredibly powerful and I advocate that through all the work I do actually with all my clients so there's that um yoga has been a massive sort of in a game tool, tool mm. thing in my tool for me as well and even more so as I've gone on that journey of becoming a yoga teacher you know doing things like meditation practicing yoga and even like, you know, I know people sometimes when you say meditation kind of grimace as if to say, oh, I haven't got time to meditate. But meditation can be going out in nature and just standing and breathing in fresh air in that moment you are in meditation. So, yeah, for me, those are all, again, things that I really advocate through my coaching. If we're talking about more tangible tools, it's um, so I'm an NLP practitioner and I use quite a few NLP techniques with people about helping them to really tap into what's inside them. To so have different conversations with themselves and different conversations with other people. Um, and yeah, timelines is one of the ones I come back to a lot. I myself change the narrative sometimes, tell the stories in a different way.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I love NLP and thanks for sharing that because I love nature. I always talk about getting yeah. your daily daily dose of vitamin N, which is um also my favourite meditation because I'm a bit of a fidget bum when it comes to st- <laughs> down and meditate Um, I've had moments but they're rare and yoga I've dipped in and out of and actually we were laughing beforehand because when we were on the uh, retreat down in Devon we um, had the amazing uh, Gems Yoga who was teaching us and I think it was me, the first of three of us, that said, "Oh, I think I want to learn yoga teacher training from um, from Jem." And then you you were like, "Yeah, me too." And then it was Augustina as well. And it was you two that went on to do it, not me. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so that goes goes to show um, the great ideas that I have. Have you always liked yoga? I think I've been doing it about fifteen years. Okay, and
1: my if I reflect back on when I started or when I really remember it becoming significant, there was an amazing uh, woman at Nuffield called Sarah Marsh. I'm going to give her a, a sound bite because she's, she was incredible. And she really, along with Gem and a few other instructors and teachers I've had, really got me inspired with yoga. We used to do yoga in the, one of the big meeting rooms at the, the office we were then in, I think it was a Wednesday evening. And for me, that was where I really started to feel passionate about yoga. Mm it was kind of sporadic is how I would call my practice until yeah, I met Jem and when she talked about yoga, she just opened it up in a completely different way. I'd never heard mm. it described in that way. And from that point forward, yoga has become such an integral part of my life. And it, but what I find with yoga is it isn't just about practicing yoga. You can take elements of yoga into your thinking into how you approach your work. You know, I, I'm a keen paddle boarder. I've been out on the water and I found yoga practice has really helped improve my, my, how I am on the the board as well. It's something that you can take through into any area of your life and it doesn't, you know, yoga doesn't have to be any more than a bit of breathing, you know, sitting at your desk, taking some really deep breaths. Um, Whereas I think, you know, the word yoga sometimes to some people conjures up, you know, you've got to be really bendy and you've got to be doing all sorts of crazy positions. But yoga, like life is a journey and you just come to it every day thinking, okay, well, who am I today? What am I going to be able to give to this practice? Okay, let's, and, and be okay with that. And I think that's you know how life needs to be approached as well and how everything we do have that approach that, okay, well, what have I got? What's available for me today and how am I going to
0: approach that is a really good mindset to have. Yeah. I love that. Um, and you're so right because um, I try, I've dabbled with yoga over the years and it's not until you get a really good yoga teacher that teaches yoga and like the philosophy and the wisdom of yoga as well and brings that into it with the with the breath work and the movement and it's not all about the poses and, you know, seeing how much you can sweat on the mat um I think that's so super important. So if anyone's listening and has tried yoga or feels like you've tried yoga before, and and don't get on with it, like persevere until you find a really good yoga instructor, or ask a friend, or or reach out to Jo because she has <laughs> learned from the best.
1: Yeah. Come be do my yoga online. <laughs> but you know that's that's again, it's you know that thing of you know people will say oh, I don't do yoga, or, I can't do yoga. And like so then there's that. That changing language. Well, you can't do yoga yet, and it's not that you can't do yoga. It's just maybe you haven't tried. And to be okay, because I think we're so competitive in life in so many ways that I've had to learn myself. You know, I'm never more competitive than with myself. And I've, it's that thing of, you know, changing the narrative for yourself. Is like, okay, well, what have I? Who am I today? And What can I give in this practice? And it's the same with my business. Where am I today? And what have I got available? And how am I going to best serve that for me
0: and for my clients and my business? Yeah, I love that. And actually, you you said the words change the narrative, which is exactly what I was going to ask you about before I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> because I too have done NLP. And the thing I loved about NLP was not so much the tools, actually, but the whole thing around language. Mm. Because I think I realized how, like, how intrinsically in tune I am with the language people use and we know as NLP instructors or uh, as practitioners that it says so much about someone's inner world in terms of the language they use right so this change the narrative is is something you can only do when you start to tune into your own narrative Mm. and I remember a time when I was not aware of my thought process, and the I was aware that I didn't feel very great about myself, but I wasn't aware quite how harsh that inner inner voice was, that inner critic. Um, do you find that you're working a lot with helping people, women, um, grow their awareness of that voice, and then how to change how to actually change that narrative?
1: yes and never more so than with myself and
0: um i was actually there was a great
1: tip that was given by our our dear friend and coach lulu Mins, actually on a session the other day where she talked about you know doing a daily practice of actually when you hear the narrative you know you when you hear that voice and what's going on is to make a note of it and to be diverse your your conversations with yourself because you start to see themes and once you know what the themes are those are the things that you can then work on Mm -hmm. and i really like that because i know i'm conscious of what i am you know what's going on but i don't necessarily write it down it's a really powerful way to capture that um i think what's really interesting as well and this is one of my you know if for anyone who's listening but uh, for the women that will be listening is um becoming more aware of your own cycle um and i recommend a great book called wild power which is one of the best. I know you are going to ask me about a book. It wasn't the book that I'd actually got in mind, but one of the books I absolutely love and has become one of my go-tos this last few years is Wild Power, which is about understanding your cycle. So, you know, we have seasonal activity throughout our cycle and becoming aware of that is, is a truly powerful thing. And one of the elements of your cycle is that there's a period where your inner critic is really there kind of on overdrive and it's in those moments to understand, okay, right, well, the, the critic's always going to be there. That voice is always going to be there. But what's that, that, what is that voice telling me? And what do I actually, then what can I do with that information? So not to make an enemy of it, but almost to embrace that inner critic. I mm-hmm. think, okay, well, that, that voice is coming from me. So it's coming from a place of almost like wanting to protect in a way so how can i take that information and best use it
0: rather than always trying to fight that voice and not listen to it yeah i mean this has been the game changer for me in my own journey is is really to understand like how your brain works really because those voices are you know coming from somewhere in that head of yours and they are, are they are there because of a series of events that have occurred in life before now and they're, they're based on memories and experiences and all sorts of things. And it's only when you can kind of really understand how to harness what's going on up there that you can really take your power back. And I think this is something that I know I'm fascinated about and I'm continuing my own studies in. I'm actually just signed up to a neuroscience academy. So that's super fun to like really understand what's going on with the actual brain itself, um, but I, I, I would definitely say that from the first thing I work with with clients as well is to increase that awareness, to find ways of really tapping into what that narrative that you that you mentioned, uh, what it even is. Because I remember the first time someone said, what are you thinking when you feel that thought or you do that behavior? And I'm like, oh, nothing. And they're like, uh, you, you will be thinking a thought. It was kind of mind boggling and eye opening and all the things to uh, to really go there. That's the magic and the power in in this work, in the personal development space, in the coaching space. Um, when when you can really help to tap into that and, like you say, change that narrative, because it, yeah. there, it doesn't have to be um, the way it is currently. Um, we get to change it.
1: I think it's also, um, as women, we are incredibly intuitive. And, you know, it's more, you know, we tend to come from a place of, right, thinking things through and coming from a place of, you know, what's that thought process? Whereas actually to do more of that heart over head, so what's my heart telling my intuition? And then then to do the thinking. Mm. Because, you know, the, the ideas and the thoughts and the... the the desires that come from that space are generally the ones that actually
0: turn out to be the best things we do oh absolutely absolutely i've never i've never experienced that more since i've been in um in my own business right and having to come up with ideas and yeah um, I never considered myself creative. I was always in people leadership roles and like the process side of things rather than the technical side of things and and I just thought, well, I'm not really a creative person either. so um and how wrong was I because we're all creative people. It's just how much we practice that um that that trust muscle really. It's like trusting mm-hmm. those ideas that come through and allowing them allowing the space like like I said the headspace for those to come through and for you to, for your head to be able to recognise them when they do.
1: I'm listening to a great book by Elizabeth Gilbert at the moment. I don't give you listen to it. Big Magic? Um, it's called Magic, yes. Yeah. I just, and that whole thing about ideas and how they come in. Yes, and, and how, how can lose them. Yeah, exactly. And that intuitive thing is, is that, you know, for me, is that the right idea or do I let that one go? And I love the way she's describing it. She talks about the whole creative process and, What I've realized is that creativity, like you said, isn't just about being able to draw or write. Creativity comes in all forms. You know, we are all creative creatures. It's just like not labeling creativity as having to do a good painting or to write a good story, but just to allow ourselves to be creative in whatever it is that we enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm sure there's many people out there right now getting very creative in how they're spending their time in lockdown, um, especially with perhaps little ones around and homeschooling and all that kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. yes, um, I'm pretty sure um, it's something we're exercising a little bit more with the within the constraints that we are experiencing. (laughs) So Joe, do you have any uh, book recommendations for us other than those you've already mentioned? I know you were planning to share some with us.
1: There are loads of books, and I, you know, I was always an avid reader when I was younger, and I'm really starting to tap into that again because I lost my way with reading for a while. But um, so I'm reading lots of different books at the moment. But the book for me that I absolutely love and is just a, a keepsake on the shelf is *The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse* by Charlie Mackesy. Uh, is that the animated one yes yeah it's just it's just so beautiful almost so simple and charming yet it it it's everything you need to have about the journey of life about friendship compassion kindness and I just I've brought it into a few yoga classes as well use a quote or something it just yes yeah, just lovely I love that book
0: ah oh, I love that one too actually a client bought me that when she when we finished our time together so that was a really beautiful yeah. um yeah. sentimental yeah. gift yeah I love but as, that
1: but as a recommendation because it's women's mainly the audience here I think is not mm-hmm. um I if they haven't already then wild power yeah okay where you are in life if you're not already in tune with what your cycle is and how it works I really recommend Wild power by, um, what is it, Alexandra Pope and Sir Jamie Hugo Wurlitzer. So just an amazing awesome.
0: group. Yeah. I'll put the link in the show notes for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much. Is there any final words you'd like to leave us with? Any words of wisdom?
1: Just, I think for me, my best advice is to find out who you are, what makes you happy. And before you look for it in someone else or something else, is to really find who you are and, and as I said, what makes you happy. And I think from that, then life will be just what you want it to be.
0: It's an aspiration I have for all women. Mm. So thank you so much. Thank you for being here on the show. It's been a pleasure and an honour. Thank you, Emma. And um, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. I love that conversation with Jo and um, it's my bad that I didn't give her an opportunity to let you know where you can find her so joe Richie's is on linkedin facebook and instagram feel free to reach out to her i'll put the links in the show notes and um, thanks again for listening take care